1: Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fan Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison. I'm a contributor at NinerNoise.com. And we are uh, excited about all things off-season. And here with me to celebrate the fun that is the off-season is a fellow contributor at Niner Noise, Chris Wilson. Chris, how are you doing?
2: Doing pretty good, actually. I need to get one of those apps on my phone that like, counts the days
1: down. The countdown thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are we counting down to? Just something <laughs> happening. <laughs> something of interest. It's sort of the dead part of the off season.
2: It's the calm before the storm. Yeah, 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 I think maybe regular season and preseason, something like that. Yeah. I'm ready for it to start. I'm with you. I'm with you. Now that the season's been over for a month or something like that.
1: I know. It's so weird, right? For me, this part of the year is part of the year where I'm like that emoji with the shruggy shoulders and the arms up thing. There are too many college football players, um, and I don't really follow college football as closely as I should at this particular point. So I look at all these numbers that are coming out of combines and all that kind of stuff, and I'm just like, "seems good." I trust that there are people who know a lot more about it than I do, and that's good. I might
2: qualify as someone who knows a little bit more just because I have to go through it. But I like it. Yeah, I'm also not a big college fan, but I do watch it for just the prospects basically <laughs> looking at guys who could potentially become yeah. NFL players. Yeah, I try yeah. to watch a lot of the top guys coming out of college, but if you ask me like, who were the top 10 teams in college football last year, I could probably
1: name half of them and they probably wouldn't be in the right order. <laughs> well, I can tell you that Clemson's very good, but that's only because I live like in and around that part of the country. Yeah, They're like second place good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, two national titles in like four years or something like that, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the NFL scouting combine, which was like off point one of the offseason is now in the rearview mirror we have moved past it they tried a weird thing where they made these kids wait all day before they did testing which is you know strange but whatever prime time testing apparently was uh, the thing that the nfl network wanted so that's what they tried um and although the draft is closer than anyone would like to think it is you know coming up at the end of april so we got about a month and a half or so, a little more than a month and a half. Uh, The next thing that is uh, technically on the docket for the NFL offseason is free agency. So this is an interesting part of the offseason for the 49ers this particular year uh, for two reasons. Um, One is actually something that applies to the entire NFL, and that is the new CBA, the Collective Bargaining Agreement, uh, which is currently in flux. Nobody really knows what's going to happen with that in terms of whether or not it will impact this season or start in next season who knows but the long-term salary cap implications are clear which of course is going to have impacts on free agency in a lot of ways and the second part of it is that they currently don't have a lot of cap room so the conversation around the free agency thing for the 49ers is kind of a dicey one because we don't really know they're going to be able to spend money who are they going to spend money on lots of questions as far as that's concerned but because that's what we do, we're going to venture into the conversation about free agency uh, nonetheless. So Chris, before we get into any specific details, any general thoughts about free agency?
2: Yeah, I think that teams are really waiting to re-sign their guys to large contracts until they find out what the cap numbers are gonna be this year, as well as in future years. If it really is gonna jump up $30 million next year, then I think we'll see a lot of dominoes fall pretty quickly, but the 49ers are not poor. Well, I mean, not really. They're making lots of money. <laughs> right. And charging a lot more for season tickets, but don't get me started. So, Fortnite has money, but as far as salary cap money, they don't have a lot of available salary cap money. So, it is a problem that you have when you have a good team, because usually you need good players to have a good team, and unless you're cashing them George Kittle late in the draft, then you have to pay them lots of money if they're good. So, it sort of is that simple. Well, that combined with the fact that When Lynchahan arrived in San Francisco or Santa Clara, they were a little bit loose with (laughs) Jed's purse. (laughs) So they're being forced to either part ways with guys now or restructure their contracts. They're having to deal with some of the problems that they knew they would have to deal with at this point. But I think that they sort of expected or maybe even hoped for this kind of situation to happen where they went on a playoff run. But they're probably hoping that it was... You know, maybe a year or two earlier, but yeah, yeah, after going on a playoff run, especially one that goes as far as Super Bowl, a lot of other teams are going to want your players, and your players are going to want more money because they're on primetime TV all the time and they become more household names as opposed to guys that two years ago nobody knew anything about. Now they're popular guys, both with teams and with the public. So I guess it, it's somewhat of a good problem to have, but <laughs> it wouldn't be bad if they had another twenty or thirty million. Right now, so they could extend some of these guys and a lot of their free agency moves are going to be keeping their own guys and waiting until the first round of free agency finishes and then they can pick up some guys on the cheap, especially without all the draft picks. They are going to have to find some values somewhere.
1: We'll chat in more detail about the uh, the draft in, in the coming weeks, but uh, in light of all those thoughts that you had about free agency, there were uh, a couple of pieces of news uh, that came out as it relates to free agency that uh, I will be interested to see how this impacts the salary cap. Uh, moving forward, um, the team announced uh, a couple days ago that they picked up options on fullback Kyle Uzcheck and uh, slot cornerback Quan Williams. Juszczyk's deal will now kick in at about $6.7 million for 2020, and uh, Williams' deal at $3.2 million for 2020, uh, which actually, given how much Williams is on the field, is basically you know, nothing. It's a <laughs> quite a deal for the 49ers. And, uh, I think the, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about these guys. I think they're both good players. I think they're both key players in their respective positions. Uh, but the one word that I would like to, uh, say in relation to both these guys, especially use check is the word extensions, which is a word that we've thrown around pretty extensively already this off season, but it's good to keep these guys around. But now let's Lock them in for longer term, which will do two things. One, it will keep them around for longer. And two, it will uh, allow us to get, especially use checks cap number down for next year.
2: Yeah, I don't think it's uh, a total necessity for them to extend Juice, but it makes a whole lot of sense because 6.7 million, mm-hmm. I believe he's scheduled to make in 2020. Yeah, I mean, that's more than a lot of teams' entire cadre of running backs <laughs> and he's a fullback yes well he's yes. An ow well, but sort of yeah you don't find that on any charts yeah that's right it made more sense for them to categorize him as a tight end as opposed to a running back because they spend so little on their tight ends currently but that's about to change hopefully because add him up with all the other running backs that they have and they have a lot of low-cost running backs minus mckinnon but that's, that's true not going to continue either right you're probably paying him more than you're paying everyone else combined. (laughs) Yes. It would be good for the Niners to extend him to something a little more reasonable so he's not such an outlier among the few fullbacks that there are in the league.
1: Correct. The 49ers also tendered their exclusive rights free agents. Uh, Well, almost all of them. There were six of them that we mentioned before. They tendered uh, contracts to five of those guys. Uh, Offensive lineman Daniel Brunskill, tight end Ross Dwelly, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley, quarterback Nick Mullins – and everyone's favorite uh, running back, Jeff Wilson Jr. All tendered contracts. They were exclusive rights, free agents, as I mentioned, which means they weren't going anywhere. Uh, it was just kind of the uh, 49ers' decision to be like, yeah, we're going to bring you back. Or, yeah, we're not going to bring you back. And so they decided to bring all of those guys back. Andrew Lauderdale, who was, a I think, a practice squad guy last year, not tendered a contract. But they can certainly go back and offer him a practice squad slot later on. Um, any surprises there? Chris, I don't, I don't think so.
2: I, I think we called that two weeks ago where everyone but Lauderdale didn't really make a lot of sense for them not to tender him. Right, right, right. They're guys who are going to probably make the final 53-man roster other than you know, potentially Wilson. Yeah. Because apparently just loves going back and forth
1: between the actual squad and the practice squad. <laughs> He's got to be out of practice squad eligibility at this point, right? He played two years ago, a little bit, right? Yeah, this is like his third year or fourth year maybe feels like he's been around a while <laughs> maybe that's just me i think this is a uh,
2: third year with the team
1: he was the undrafted guy
2: that we picked up right yeah. yeah so i can't remember how many games he played two years ago and i'm not sure if he's practice squad eligible anymore or not it's also possible that another team could pick him up even though he has been extremely exciting he has been able to punch the ball in from the one yard line he's very good at that yes that and catching one type of pass
1: Hey, it works, man. Texas route, baby. Man, the angle. angle. Most of the time. (laughs) It's certainly interesting. Um, The one thing left for the 49ers to make decisions about in terms of free agents uh, that are not like sort of the bigger name guys is their restricted free agents, which are guys that they can put tenders on at various levels. We talked about those names earlier. Um, A couple of interesting ones, including Kendrick Bourne and Matt Breida on that list. It'll be really interesting to see uh, what they decide to do with them kind of assume that uh, Bourne is definitely coming back I am less certain about mapritata uh and his future especially given the fact that he was basically like a special teams player in the Super Bowl whereas Jeff Wilson was not strangely he has gone bad as up and down the scale of what someone can do in a relatively short period of time I can't believe that they kept him in the doghouse for that long
2: just for fumbling I guess twice and losing yeah. one of them I guess it Technically did cost him the game, but yeah. you know, you're keeping a guy like Jeff Wilson, Jr., who's like a fumbling machine and who's unbelievably bad at holding on to the ball in college. And then since he's got to the NFL, I mean, he's still been bad much worse than Breda, but yeah. at least he has to the ball most of the time, or at least when he lets go of the ball, it's right when his knee hits the ground. <laughs> so it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me as to why he's the guy who's in and then
1: Brita who's could be a stud. And I think it's a money thing. It's got to be it because I don't know what the difference between an exclusive rights free agent. I know that the least amount of money that a restricted free agent can get tendered for is something like almost $3 million or two and a half. So it's, a, it's a good chunk of change. Yeah,
2: Maybe over $3 million for an undrafted guy. Otherwise, you get nothing in compensation back.
1: Right, but and then and if they don't have any intention of using him, then it doesn't make any sense to pay him that much money, when you have no chance of getting anything back. And then it's just like you know what oh, they God. could do, is get rid of that Tevin Coleman character, <laughs> and then keep. <laughs> hey, it Matt could happen. Frida for cheaper. It huh. could be. Well, it's not a lot cheaper actually. That's the weird thing. Really,
2: that Coleman's like making me something like five million this next year, or something like that. Hmm? Uh.
1: No, I think his cap number for the second year is pretty low because it was only a $6 million deal and I think he made most of the money last year, but I could be wrong.
2: About I thought that. he only made like two or something last year and then the second year was sort of like an option year where they could get rid of
1: him for pretty much nothing. Well, I know that he has no dead cap money at the end of this year. I'm so. assuming
2: that he did not play well enough last year to pay him
1: the amount of money that they're supposed to pay him in the second year. Oh, yeah. He's at like 4-8 no, like is his cap hit, Tevin Coleman. So it's a not a drastic difference. Well, I feel like
2: there's a drastic difference between the talent level and the field, and it's in the opposite direction. But there's a drastic difference in the love department from Shanahan. <laughs>
1: Who knows? I'm Who aware knows? that
2: Coleman couldn't catch the ball last year. I thought he was going to be a lot more active in the passing game, but he was not. So they keep him, and they do not keep Breida. I will not be happy, as will many, many other 49 ers fans. So yeah,
1: we'll see what happens. Indeed. All right. So let's move into um, a little more conversation about some internal free agents. I guess they're not technically into, I guess there's no such thing as an internal free agent, <laughs> but these are unrestricted guys who were on the team last year. Basically, the conversation revolves around three players. That is Eric Armstead, uh defensive lineman who had a breakout year in 2019, Jimmy Ward, who finally managed to make it through most of the season without getting injured. <laughs> yeah, safety and uh, wide receiver Manuel Sanders, who came over the to the team uh, right before the trade deadline last year for a a rather sizable trade number. So the question that I would like to pose to us to think about is we got these three guys who to our mind is the most important re-sign of this group and who is the least important re-sign of this group. And then obviously there's going to be somebody in the middle who's kind of like, well, you know, it'd be nice if he came back, but he's neither the most nor the least important. So I'll go ahead and answer my own question first. I think for me... My most important is Sanders. And I think the main reason for that is because outside of Debo Samuel, we don't know what this wide receiver group looks like for 2020. It's just a swath of unknowns. Dante Pettis, who is lost somewhere. We're not sure what's going on with him uh Trent Taylor who has missed the last like year and a half or so of football with various injuries Jalen Hurd who is Not yet medically cleared almost a year after he came to the team and apparently couldn't go to the Super Bowl because he couldn't sit in an airplane that long. Good sign. Yeah, usually good. And then we have maybe Kendrick Bourne, who we talked about before, if the Niners decide that he's worth a three and a half million dollar payday as a restricted free agent undrafted guy. And then we have uh, this former seventh rounder, Rich James, who basically seems to be good enough to play wide receiver every once in a while. But mostly they just want him to catch the ball as a punt returner and a kick returner, even though we have the best punt returner in NCAA history also on the roster. It's bizarre to me. I don't understand it. But anyway, um, so outside of Debo, I don't really know who of those guys is going to step up. I would argue that if Trent Taylor is fully healthy, he's probably going to be good to go and that he and Garoppolo have a good uh, sort of connection that they showed towards uh, the end of 2017, but the health thing is is a problem. Um, Heard looked good in his preseason games that he's played, but his health is a problem. If Pettis can sort of get his head back together, he could be a good player. But who knows what's going on with him? And then the team apparently doesn't really think much of Richie James enough to let him be a a full time wide receiver. All he does is make big plays. Let's keep him on the bench. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So it's very interesting. And so to me, having Sanders there to at least solidify that group, and then at that point, you have Sanders, you have Debo, you have George Kittle. And then if one of those other guys, Taylor, Heard, Pettis, whatever, if one of those other guys works out, and then you draft a guy in what is supposedly one of the best wide receiver classes in a long time, well, now you have four or five solid pass catching options rather than maybe one and a half or something like that. Um, I think there's a way to work the deal in a certain way so that it doesn't maybe impact this salary cap as much as it would and also set it up uh, in a way that, you know, he's going to be 33, uh, I think, before the season starts or sometime during the season. It could be there could be a sudden dip in production, but I kind of feel like he's the type of guy that will be able to to work through. He's not a like a, a burner, you know, in terms of speed. And so he's not you know, if he loses a step, quote unquote, I don't think it's going to be a big of a deal for a guy like Sanders. So keeping around for another year or two might be a helpful way to get the team sort of transitioning into the next era of the the wide receiver group. And the other thing is, I think it would be a shame to lose a second round draft pick the way that they did. And then it's basically a rental. That is the part that that kind of worries me a little bit too, because even if he walks, they're not getting a, a second round draft pick next year in compensation for that the compensatory pick might be a fourth rounder at that point so that worries me a little bit so i think sanders is the most important least important is harder but i think it's armstead for me and i think mostly it's because it's a lot of money to spend the money that looks like he's probably going to get according to evaluations and stuff like that which is somewhere in like the 17 18 million dollar range a year or something crazy like that Cause he's going to make like 19 as a franchise tag guy. So it's gotta be somewhere around there. I just think you can spread that money out and get multiple players who can produce at that same level. So, and we talked about this before, instead of spending 18, 19, 20 million on Eric Armstead, let's get Ronald Blair and a couple of other guys. And maybe the three, you know, two or three guys that we can sign with that 18, 19, 20 million dollars can produce the 10 sacks that Armstead produced and produce the run stopping skills that he produced and all that. I think that seems like that would be the better way to go in my mind. Um, and then you have a little bit more cap room to work with. Um, and I think it, it as a long-term solution, it seems to be the best thing to do. And, you know, Jimmy Ward, I think, uh, is a good, solid player back there. I think they're going to let him go out on the open market, just like they did last offseason. And then if he finds nothing to his liking, maybe he'll want to come back or maybe he'll decide that he wants to stay and take a good – Nice hometown discount. He's been here for six years, after all. So we'll see how it goes. Chris, uh, what do you think about my uh, observations there? So I'm going to sort of disagree with everything you said <laughs> <laughs> and do the exact opposite. That's
2: definitely right. not entirely. So as far as the one position that's most important, I feel like safety is most important, but it's more replaceable than the wide receiver and defensive end is. The issue for me here with arms is, so yeah. You obviously can't pay him $17 million because
1: they already have quarter of their salary cap devoted to their defensive line right now. Yeah, I think they pay the highest amount of money to their defensive line already in the NFL without Armstead included and without a Buckner extension included. And in without that, Blair so. and somewhere over right. like $50 million. <laughs> It's a lot of money for the defensive line. I mean, it's mostly yeah, DeFord. A lot of DeFord
2: <laughs> and unfortunately, in a lot, it's a of, a lot of Solomon Thomas too. I mean, that's the one problem. They keep on drafting these early first-round defensive lineman, then once you get to the latter parts of their contract, if they're not good, then you're in trouble because you're paying them either way. So that's the one negative, other than the fact that they've missed on the opportunity to draft some other players at other positions. That's the one negative about getting all these, some of which are good, some of which are bad. Defensive linemen, they get to be expensive. And then you, you want a good outside pass rusher, and you bring in D Ford, and... He's going to be expensive. But I think it makes more sense to... Although I don't think Armstead will be on this team to start the season. I don't think that he's a guy that you can let test the market because I think the market's going to be pretty hot for any defensive end who can rack up 10 sacks, even though he's only done it once. He is going to be one of the highest-ranked, probably highest-valued defensive ends that's on the market. And it's a really, really weak draft class for defensive ends. So you you basically have one guy to choose from, and then all the rest of the guys are just like, who knows? Maybe they're second-round guys. Maybe they're fifth-round guys. So that fact, combined with the fact that the free agency market isn't all that strong on DNs, and that DNs are very important in the NFL, as we learned uh, very quickly with Bosa last year, So I don't think he's going to be on the team, but I think a a tag and trade sort of similar to what the Chiefs did with D Ford last year would make the most sense. I don't think they can offer him a lengthy contract. It wouldn't put him in in a horrible situation if they couldn't find a trade partner. But what are you going to get for him as a compensatory pick? Potentially a third rounder? Maybe a fourth rounder?
1: So you really need to take that into account. Well, and that assumes that they don't sign that they don't sign too many people in the offseason where the compensatory pick doesn't actually work out, which is always a gamble yeah, that you take. I don't you really take. see them signing any really big names, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like mean I don't think gonna it's
2: going to happen. lose more talent than they're going to gain, but the good thing is that they have a lot of young talent that will hopefully progress and then some progression with Grablo and then we're uh just a couple more points that we need in the Super Bowl.
1: So We're never Ah, supposed to say that. that, What what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about.
2: never. So For Armstead, I wouldn't let him just walk. I think that would be a missed opportunity. And I think you can find somebody who will be willing to trade for him because there are going to be a lot of teams that need defensive ends at the beginning of the season. And you might have to (laughs) do some Prague sour cap gymnastics (laughs) in the meantime until you can find it. Yeah, that's what he's good at. One of the many many things that he is good at. But I think it makes more sense to hold on to him as a trade piece and hopefully score yourself a draft pick this year as opposed to a draft pick next year. So for him I guess I'm not totally disagreeing with you on that one. But yes, but (laughs) but he for me would be the one guy that I wouldn't allow to test free agency. Now as far as the other two guys, I mean I like Jimmy Ward. He's just always injured. Even last year he was injured. Technically, it was before the season started this time. Though. Yeah, yeah, but I think he may miss three games. Yeah, something like that. And otherwise, he was very, very good. And when he was out, we felt the pain. But we, you know, we do have a you know, potential safety behind him. But you know, he's, he's, he's definitely a young guy. So the problem there would be if we lost heart. We'd be in a sort of tough situation if we had neither of those two guys. So... I'd yeah. sort of like to hold on to Ward, but I agree that probably the best call there is to allow him to test free agency where he will probably find that not a lot of teams are willing to pay him what he wants to be paid. And then yes. hopefully he'll come back at somewhat of a discount. And safety salaries have gone up in recent years because it's in a very important position and especially in the uh, the cover three that the foreigners still do generally play on defense you need a guy back there who can really run and more is definitely a talented guy and a guy that you can use in certain roles like when they're using him as a third safety a bit last year he was pretty effective but i'd be a little bit scared of starting the season with a guy with so little experience back there
1: yeah it, it didn't start off well for him last year yeah. <laughs> the first three games of the year were a little bit of a i mean if we hadn't had like the Bengals on the schedule i think that would have gotten worse. Yeah. He
2: had a little bit of a welcome to the NFL kid kind of thing. So I totally agree with you that we need a guy like Sanders. We just need a younger Sanders who doesn't cost as much.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's fine. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily know that it needs to be Sanders. I think the continuity would be helpful though. Yeah.
2: And Sanders is a leader on on the offense and especially to the wide receivers. And he's constantly teaching them and you love to have those types of veteran leaders on the team. But I don't get the feeling that he's the kind of guy who's going to take a serious half of the year hometown discount. since <laughs> <So> he's <laughs> only here for a short amount of time, but if he wants to make what he was making before, I think the 49 would have a hard time justifying paying him that amount of money. But the problem yes. is that there
1: really aren't a lot of good wide receivers of the, the wide receiver, uh, is a dearth of talent <laughs> across the board in the free agency area. Yeah. Now, however, the wide receiver uh, market in the
2: draft, you know, they're expecting this one of those extremely epic years for wideouts, and there's yeah. going to be a guy on the board 31, or even if the Niners trade back into the second round, who is going to be a potential stud. But the problem with that is that you know you really do need a veteran on the team, just one veteran. It would be nice if Goodwin would be that guy, and I think that Shanahan and Lynch really did the right thing with him by locking him up because I I really saw an upward trajectory for him. But yeah, he just has done nothing the last two years, and lots of injuries, and ever since he got knocked out in that Rams game now two and a half years
1: ago. Yeah, it was the end of 2017, wasn't it? The first year of the team.
2: So ever since that happened he's just not been the same guy I mean he had the, the one good game against the Packers two years ago and scored a little bit this year it's just a combination of his injuries and then his personal issues and it just doesn't seem like he is totally into the game of football like I don't think he's really obsessed with the game like we are <laughs> whereas if that's your job you probably should be <laughs> yeah, you know, But he's talking about going to the Olympics and, you know, missing a portion of training camp to do so. And, yeah, it's it's just disappointing because if he was the guy that I thought that he was going to be, even before he came over to the 49ers, I, I was a big fan of his when we signed him. We basically wouldn't need to have a Sanders type. He could be that Sanders type. So we have Debo and, you know, Debo is going to be the number one this year. And then outside of that, we don't really don't have a lot of guys on the current roster, despite the fact that we had huge problems at the of last season, figuring out who we we're going to keep and who we weren't going to keep. I feel like, I feel like this is every year at this point, <laughs> but it, it would be nice to have a guy, even a guy who could rag up 750 yards, something like that. So I know that Sanders is a guy who can obviously do that, but the price that I assume that he is going to want and is going to be able to obtain from somebody else. I don't think I'd pay that price. And yeah, I'd say he's the most important, but he's not a guy that I would necessarily sign for the amount of money that, that he wants. Now, if he wants to take a decent deal, then I be all about it. And I like him a lot. And yeah, you saw how bad the Niners were when they didn't have him in Kittle on the field. They just couldn't do anything. But they're gonna to need to replace him in some fashion. And sure. they can't really do that with a rookie. And I'd sort of like to
1: draft someone. Yeah, I mean, I think you draft somebody either way. But then
2: you run into the problem, you have too many players. So you bring in another veteran, like a, I don't know, like a Robbie Anderson or something like that. And then I'm assuming the good ones can get traded or he's going to be somewhere else. I guess that's just sort of the consensus at this point. So knowing that, then he'll probably be back. So you have Debo, Richie James, who is always a cut candidate no matter what he does. Pettis, who's in the doghouse, and two injured guys who didn't play last year. And then pretty sure that Bourne's going to be back because he's another one of those guys that Shanahan has a weird love affair with. But Bourne definitely did step it up last year. He was pretty key on third downs, and uh, and he was you know the one guy that Grappo would really look to in the end zone. So I'm sort of warming up to him, but I still think that he would be a better... Number five or number six receiver, and as opposed to a number three that he was last year, so but it's really just a numbers game. And I feel yeah. like they have too many wide receivers. Say they carry Goodwin and then they hold on to obviously Depot and Pettis, and they re sign Bourne. That's three if they sign a veteran, that's four. And then you have James, who's healthy, but they don't really allow to play and then you have two injured guys so that's too many but then that's also assuming that the, the injured guys are, are back so for me it's a very difficult decision as to what to do with him I'm assuming that they'll let him test the market and I'm assuming that that someone will probably snatch him up from the way that teams have overpaid for wide receivers in recent years I would assume that this year would be more of the same if they need a guy who can start right now and just maybe for, for a year or two but also like is Sanders really going to be that valuable if you signed to like three years or something like that it's it's just not I don't
1: know man Larry, Larry Fitzgerald is coming back he's 37 he's six <laughs> five years older than than uh, or four years older than Sanders is so yeah I, I know.
2: do like Sanders but I don't know if he's going to the Hall of Fame like the sterile disc. <laughs> oh, no, how long no. did Rice play him? he was like 43 or something. Like yeah. He's in his something 40s, like yeah. So I wouldn't expect that out of Sanders. It would be no, nice if we got no. a not, – not even like a number one, but like a strong number two, which
1: I, I think Sanders is like a 2A kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we need yeah. Sanders for cheaper. <laughs> I don't think we're actually in as much disagreement as you thought. Uh, um, and if he's willing to make it happen, like if he wants to be here badly enough that he's like, you know, I've made enough money in my career – sign this team friendly deal to hang around and hopefully win another super bowl with this group then you know that's fine um i'm I'm down for that but i do think as you say we need somebody if sanders goes and goodwin goes then (laughs) trent taylor will be the longest tenured player on the wide receiver group and he really actually only has like a year and a half of real nfl experience so it's not what you want by any stretch of the imagination. I
2: wonder who would have the most snaps there, maybe born out of all those players. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be a good situation. I mean, it's good to have young talent, but not that much youth. I mean, I like the talent, but the youth is the, is the problem. So, yes. Yeah, for sure. That's it's a it's it's a it's a problem. We are at least in agreement that they need to sign a f- experienced free
1: agent leader type. And not just like, cause I mean, they had Jordan Matthews in the building for like three quarters of the year last year. And that's not the thing we're talking about here. Like, cause he's not going to play. He's useless. Like he might be like good raw, raw guy, but he's not going to play and he's not going to make <laughs> any difference. Like he's not going to cost anything, but that's not the same kind of thing. Yeah. Like somebody who's going to be able to teach by doing and be, and actually help the team is the kind of thing that we're looking for here.
2: Santa, if you could just go back in time and just be a little younger. Yeah.
1: Just a little bit. That'd be great. And a little cheaper, then then I'd be all about it. All right. So one more conversation, and this will be uh, focused on the sort of outside direction. So the question here is if the 49ers could only upgrade one position via free agency, and that actually might be uh, true because their money might not allow them to do anything, what position would it be? And based on that, who would you sign? So for me, this position that I would spend a little bit of money on, but I don't expect that Shanahan will, which is a different conversation altogether is offensive guard. Again, we talked about how little money there will be. And we um, have talked uh, at length at other times that Shanahan just doesn't believe in spending money at the guard position for whatever reason. It's just a thing that he has. It's just, something to do with his system he feels like if the center's in place that that will alleviate any sort of deficiencies at the guard position if only we had a center in place <laughs> yeah and that's the real problem um is that the center that they signed has not really been able to stay healthy which has been a real problem so i i like lakin thomas i think he's good in that place the left guard position uh, i think i like him a little maybe a little more than you do chris And I I think there are some good players that will be on the market. But if you look at the guard list, especially players who uh, have a history playing on the right hand side, there's not a lot out there in the free agency market. Brandon Scherf for the Redskins is probably the best option that will be on the free agency market. But it's looking like he's going to get the franchise tag from the Redskins to keep him around there for Longer term, Joe Thune, who's been in New England for the last several years, would be a great option. He's probably going to be the best option of players that are going to see the free agent market as far as guards are concerned. But he's going to cost a great deal of money. In fact, he would probably end up being the most expensive offensive lineman on the team outside of Joe Staley. I think over the cap has his expected cap number somewhere in the like 11 to 12 million per year value, uh, which is just a lot. There is uh, Quentin Spain from the Bills, but he's not really a run blocker in the way that the 49ers would probably like him to be. That is his biggest area of struggle, as is uh, Michael Schofield from the Chargers. Uh, both struggled in uh, the run game, and while they're better pass blockers, I I just don't know if the balance of that is going to work out. They're going to be a lot cheaper, um, but it's still going to be somewhere around $6 million average on the year then there are other names like panthers darrell williams and the jets alex lewis but they're going to be cheaper than schofield in spain but i would make the argument that we probably have better options currently on the roster with mike person and Dana brunskill If there is sort of a wild card player to pay attention to, this is just me doing some research on on the group that's out there, which is a pretty, again, it's a small number um, of options, but there's a a guy by the name of Andrew Wiley who played for the Chiefs. Um, Now, he hasn't played a lot over the last two seasons. He's played about 1,500 snaps, just as a point of comparison. Tomlinson played in all 16 games last year and played just a little over 1,200 snaps last season. So Wiley played a little over one season in the last two. And he's been a, you know, a solid player on the offensive line for the Chiefs when he has played a better pass blocker than a run blocker. But I think we could probably make the argument that that's something that they could certainly use. And, you know, he could be probably had for about, you know, three or four million dollars. That's an average value. But he could be somebody that would push Person for maybe a starting position. If Brunskill doesn't do that, who knows? But Person also could be on the way out if they wanted to bring somebody like that in. I know it's not a really exciting direction, but again, the money's just not going to be there to make major splashes in free agency this offseason, unfortunately. Chris, any thoughts on that?
2: Yeah. Wiley, he's a real tall guy, right? I think so. I think he's like a a tackle coming into the NFL who's playing guard. Do you know he's only played 1,500 snaps?
1: I think there was an injury if I remember correctly.
2: Okay. Because he wasn't there at the end of the season last year, was he? No. Yeah, okay. He's a guy I I don't know too much about, just some general Mm -hmm. information about. Yeah. That he was tall. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good start. Something like Six six or six seven tall, like you know, definitely like tackle tall, but I guess not athletic <laughs> enough for you. Yeah, one. six
1: six three ten. Hey, all
2: right, yeah, that's, that's a rather large man. Although yeah, I guess Tomlinson is big fella. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, by the way, on Tomlinson, I really don't mind him except for his red zone penalties. So if you could just stop doing that yes every time we're in the red zone, I'm like, hey, it's a good time for a full start or a hold. Yeah, it's killing. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing about him is. Last time that I was in Detroit, which was right after he signed with the Niners the last time or signed the extension with the Niners, the Uber that we got into, I saw that the front right seat was like way up and the Uber driver was talking about, oh, there's this football player. I just dropped off at a restaurant down the street and we we're talking about who it was, just sort of trying to figure out who it was. The guy wasn't a big football fan. I found out that it was actually Tomlinson. So uh, yeah, and Uber guy said, obviously not being a football fan wasn't overly excited about it. Not halfway as excited as I was sitting in the same seat that (laughs) Tomlinson's sat in. you know? It's like, I wanted to commit a false start. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, but the guy said that, you know, he seemed like it's just a normal guy and and the only reason, you know, they sort of asked what he did is because he was so huge. But he said, you know, didn't have a big head. And I mean, he has a big head. Right, an actual physical head, yeah. He was quite large. And he also said he was an excellent tipper. Oh, there we go. I don't hate Tomlinson. I think he's valuable, and I think he's the guy who needs to stick around and just stop committing threats and penalties. I'll let him know. (laughs) Yeah, give him a call. let him know. I'm cool with him. So, I got no beef with you, man. Okay. You're also a little bit bigger than me, so if I actually run into you in public... (laughs) That would probably hurt. Maybe I shouldn't talk trash about any of these guys on the line, or maybe anybody at all, for that matter.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
2: So, I really wanted to fight with you on the first one, and I really wanted to fight with you on the second one, but I can't, because I totally agree with you. (laughs) That they need to upgrade their interior offensive line and minus Thomason. So, And obviously you want Richburg to be your starting center, but you also want him to be healthy. And those two things haven't really happened very much lately. That would be good. So they're going to need to, in my opinion, get a better backup center because their backup center might be needed. And their backup center last year wasn't very good, even though people sort of or that until the Super Bowl, And then they sort of got to see it firsthand as well as their right guard wasn't very, well, he's never really been all that great, but he's been a very serviceable backup. And the oddest thing to me is the fact that person used to be a center. So like, why wasn't he the backup center? And then you move Brunskill over to right guard and then your, oh, his line looks pretty good, but instead they kept him at that one position and then, he kept putting Jones knocked balls down. Yeah, we know what happened in the game that will not be spoken of that I keep speaking about. I would feel a lot better if Person could be that backup guy who can play on the interior and then we insert someone else into yep, a starting right guard job. And if they just got rid of Garland altogether. And then, you know, you also have Brunskill who can play most places on the line, apparently, other than center. So you know, At that point, you have a pretty good group of guys. The question is just whether you're going to get that guy in free agency or if you're going to try to draft him because
1: there aren't any first-round guards in the draft. And you probably don't want to be doing that anyway. That's a, that doesn't seem like the ideal usage of your first-round draft pick. Most of the time. Like, like maybe once in the last what ten years. Yeah, Quentin Nelson is pretty much the only one. Yeah. And he's scary. Yeah, that worked out <laughs> really well for them. But
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do agree that if you're gonna take a guard in the first round, it better be late late. And the Fortners do have a late pick, but I don't think they're gonna be spending that on, on a guard. I mean no. there's another guy that they could pick up and they have enough talent on the roster where if you pick up a day two guy, you if you trade back or if you trade another player and get someone on day two, maybe even in the third round or potentially fourth round, you can stick in there as a another piece since you have a lot of pieces in there. And you know, the frontiers, I think overall, with all the injuries they had on the offensive line last year, which is the total opposite of the year before. Insane. That, yeah, that they still held up pretty well overall until the last game. But um, that's just because they didn't know that they are allowed to hold. So mm. somebody should have told them that. Uh, and everything would have been okay. Yeah. I'd be much happier right now. <laughs> and I would have been going through therapy. <laughs> so, you know, interior line is the area that I would address if I'm going to address it in free agency and right guard specifically because that's also one of the cheapest positions. So, you know, a yeah. franchise tag of a
1: guard is sort of odd to me because it's so expensive. <laughs> yeah. How much is a sheriff? Shir- shir- I can't even say his name, so maybe I can't have him on the team. Uh, Scherf uh, going to make at a, as a franchise guard in 2020. Oh, I put him on the
2: spot. I think like $16 million, So What? Yeah, because th- they don't differentiate between tackles and guards. Holy smokes. That's Right? It's, it's just all offensive line.
1: I have no idea. I hope not. That would be a categorically terrible waste of money. I thought that it was. I think the offensive line is supposed to get
2: something around 16 million this year holy crap yes yeah, so if, if that's true <laughs> and we will have to confirm then it's just sort of weird that they would franchise tag him but i guess they don't really have a lot of guys that are worthy of franchise tag here in washington <laughs> yes i'm talking trash to my dc brethren but they actually speak more trash about the redskins than i could ever imagine speaking on my own
1: well when you're the redskins (laughs) yeah yeah you are correct i am okay all right no different between a a tackle offensive lineman just straight across the board franchise tag 16.1 million look at at me and the transition tags 14.67 million so either way not not what you want
2: yeah even the fact that washington's considering putting that kind of money down on a guard would make me assume that he's going to sign for much more money than we're willing to pay if we're worried about paying Sanders, a guy that we need, you know, $10 million or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think we're going to have the cap room to do something big like that. So we're either going to have to bring in a guy who's sort of Mike person, but better. (laughs) And maybe even a guy that Shanahan hasn't coached before, if that's possible for allowed to, to do that. Yeah. I think that, if you can find a guy who is reasonably priced in free agency and can start on day one at right guard, then I think that we have some pretty good depth on the line. And that's the way to go, whether it's in free agency or in the draft. I think it's something that they sort of need to do there. I mean, otherwise, I'd rather put Brunskill in there and see what you can do to lead off the season. So I'm in agreement that if there's one position, it would be offensive guard.
1: Yeah. Um, by the way, just, just to uh, reset, the restrictor free agent tenders for 2020, uh, original round tender is at $2.144 million. Well, any original rounds, whatever it is. The problem with both Brita and um, Born Bourne is that they wouldn't get uh, anything back if they signed with another team, because their original round was undrafted. Uh, <laughs> um, so putting that tender on them wouldn't make any sense. So the likelihood is you're going to have to put at least a second round tender on both of them. Um, Well, yeah, they better not put any more than that. Well, it's two, it's three point three point two seven eight 3.278 for the second round and 4.667 for the first round. That's those are your options.
2: Yes. I thought it was somewhere around three. And if you don't want to do that with Brita, then stop disliking him and sign him for a longer term contract
1: yeah i agree i I would i would say that either of them i'd say go ahead and put the original round tender on on born and just assume that you're going to keep him around just because the numbers as far as that are concerned the likelihood is he's going to probably make the team but i don't think there's a lot of question marks about that and he's he's shown enough that that makes sense but uh i'd be a little worried about that with brita just in case i don't know because there's a lot of questions in terms of whether or not he's going to Stick around at this point. It's just it's it's weird. It'll be really interesting to see what happens with that. So can you imagine how you're going to feel when you
2: see him on some other team, just lighting it up? I don't I don't want to talk. And about we have a Tevin Coleman, who lights up like one game or so a season.
1: Four touchdowns so. against the Panthers. That's all I got to say. Was, yeah, he, had, he had a great game. It was a great <laughs> game. <laughs> um, and you know he was doing pretty well against the Packers in the NFC Championship game until he separated his shoulders. Actually, he did seem
2: to crazy. step it up a little bit. When we got, when he got to the playoffs, when, when we got to the playoffs, when he got to the playoffs, it's like I'm on the team. <laughs> I wish. Well, do we? Oh, yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have the, the big head that, that Thomason does. Wilson would run through the
1: wall for you, but he would, you would not be very good at it.
2: I definitely wouldn't want his number. And I would definitely
1: have Wilson <laughs> on my back of my jerseys. But the question is, can you run more than the Texas route? That's all we need to
2: know. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I can run routes better than he can, but that's not really saying too much. But, but he has practiced that text route many, many times. <laughs> like I can tell,
1: he's really good at it. He's really good at, at it. At least on the field, he's he's done it like during games for sure. We've seen it three times happen for sure. And the one time it was quite beautiful. It was two for three, two for three actually. It worked twice. The yeah, other time I mean, he dropped it dropped. It really worked that one time. It did. It did for sure. All right. Well, um, I think this has been a lovely conversation about uh, <laughs> free agency. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> wish that th- we could get more specific um i think i wish that we had you know that there was more money coming out of uh 49ers land to spend on cool free agents and we could talk about like higher price guys or we could talk you know if we'd been having this conversation you know two years ago it would have been like yeah we'll just resign all three of those guys you know armstead ward standards how much money you want here you go, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: think this whole podcast would be about the combine, actually, and for sure because it, it's a lot less interesting to watch the combine when you're like, all right, who's going to sort of do
1: poorly so we can get him in the second yeah. round? <laughs> Henry Ruggs, why did you run so fast, sir? Um, Could you just be a tick slower, sir, so that you don't have to go to some middling team in the NFC who's not going to make the playoffs? We're looking out for your best interest,
2: really. Come on over to San Francisco. That's definitely where it is. Yeah, and it's like you don't really want the prospective high draft picks pre-combined to do poorly because it's like, do you really want that guy on your team in the first place? So, you know, you sort of watch it with a different lens than we have in years past. That's for sure.
1: Absolutely. When there's 30 other teams that are going to make picks before you, you're just going to like, well, I don't know. It could be anybody. <laughs> It's a lot harder than being like, well, there's one team in front of us and they're probably going to take the quarterbacks. Like, it's pretty easy. Yeah, It's a lot more watching NFL Network. For sure. All right. Thanks, folks, for listening to this edition of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. As always, please check us out on your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a nice review and uh share the podcast with all your 49er fan friends and of course be sure to hit that subscribe button to help us out we'd really appreciate that so we hope that you enjoy the beginning of the legal tampering period and we'll see you next time niner pants